0: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
1: Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland podcast brought to you by Dogs by Nature, Vox Media, and SB Nation. It's a victory pod. The Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday. Uh, thirteen to three, improving their record to six and eight on the year. They're still technically in the playoff hunt, which is funny because the last time we joined you guys, we were talking about how the playoffs are all but gone. So, but there's still that small little chance, even though it's going to take a miracle. But we're here to talk about the victory. I'm Jackson McCurry, and joining me, as always, is my co-host Anthony Jokey. Anthony, how you feeling, brother? Doing really good. You know, it's nice
2: to get a win and I know the game is on Saturday. So we've kind of had a couple days to celebrate victory Monday. Uh, we had victory weekend, I suppose. So that's always a good thing. Can't complain about that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, like obviously um, three games left. Like we said, the playoffs are still very minuscule, but it's nice to, uh, you know, get some wins here as we head towards the end of the season, build some momentum going into the off season um you know obviously playoffs are impossible um you know things would have been perfect on sunday had it not been for Justin Herbert uh th- throwing some ridiculous dimes to get in the field goal range uh for the Chargers to beat the Titans but you know things went well yesterday uh the the Jets lose to the Lions the uh Patriots gave one to the Raiders and what is still the, one of the most absolutely ridiculous things I've seen. Um, and we saw a lot over the weekend, uh, some pretty wild, memorable games. Um, but you know, the chargers uh, dashed the perfect weekend for the Browns. But like I said, right now it's all about stacking wins, evaluating the talent and building some momentum heading into the off season.
2: Yeah, this weekend was pretty crazy. I've never seen anything like what happened in uh, against you know between the Raiders and the Patriots. That that's a new one, and I'm shocked. You know that's never happened you know to the Browns because it's all, those situations always seem to find us. But uh, that that was absolutely insane. Yeah, you know it's it's about second wins, f- finishing the season out on a high note. Um, obviously they want to evaluate Deshaun and and we'll talk about that um, here in a minute. But uh, yeah, you you know, I think a lot of things are made up in terms of, you know, coaching staff changes uh, and and whatnot on the defensive side. Um, You know, I, I'm pretty sure like all those decisions are probably already made. We just have to get there. Um, You know, these guys, some of these guys are also playing because, you know, they're pending free agents, you know, so they want to put some good film out there. Um, But, you know, they're still playing competitive, uh, competitively. They're still not eliminated yet. Um, You always, you know, keep going until you're you're officially eliminated. I know there's such a small percentage right now for them to actually get in. But, um, you know, they, they did a very nice job on, on Sunday or on Saturday, uh, you know, holding Baltimore to only three points is uh, is still a tough task uh, because they can still run the football, which I don't know why they didn't do more of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they still put together a, a nice performance and they did enough to win. And uh, that's really all you could, could ask for.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've seen people complain about how the Browns win games, but it's like at the end of the day, they win and they got wins. And if they lost, then you would complain about like every single thing that happened. And if if this thing didn't go right, then the Browns, uh, that's why the Browns lost, but they win and people complain about how they win. It's like, I don't understand. Like you, as Herm Edwards once said, you play to win the game at the end of the day, the Browns get the win. Uh, we can't complain about how they did it. Um, we can, you know, criticize them for some things that they did, but at the end of the day, a wins a win. Um, You know, Anthony, I want to start with the defense because I thought, you know, they it was a rough start for them just because they could not stop the run defense or stop the run, and we expected that coming in, that the Ravens' running attack was going to be, like, their bread and butter, how they were going to win because they were playing with a backup quarterback and Tyler Huntley, who's had success in the league, but um, for some reason, like, you know, they started running the ball really well, whether it was with J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards, those two combined went 20 carries for 180 yards, but it seemed like Greg Roman and the offense went away from that, um, when it was obviously working, but you know, they tried to get the passing game going with Huntley and it really didn't, catch any rhythm, and the Browns defense was able to attack that. Yeah, it was sloppy. Yeah, they gave up almost 200 yards on the ground, but the defense made big plays when it mattered. Uh, They forced a couple more turnovers, which has been huge these last few games since Deshaun Watson has come back. They've really helped the offense out in that aspect, getting them into good range, Um, whether it was John Johnson's fumble uh, recovery in the third quarter after the Browns had scored a touchdown to go up 13-3, whether it was Denzel Ward's interception or whether it was the five tackles for a loss by the defense, the defense made big plays despite getting gashed in the run. And that really set things up for the Browns. Well, offensively on Saturday night.
2: Yeah. You know, you're, you're a hundred percent right there. The, the Browns defense came up uh, in big situations and big moments on, on Saturday uh, you know, that, that fourth down stop, the turnover, uh, the blocked field goal uh, on special teams, you uh, you know they they forced Tucker to to miss another one too, um. So yeah, they they made big stops when they had to, and you know we talked about the uh, um uh, PFF grades in our chat, uh when when they came out, and you know it's it's nice when your top players grade as high as they did. You know talk about Miles Garrett, John Johnson, uh, uh, Denzel Ward. You know they all they all played well.
1: The entire um, secondary was in our top five. Graded defensive yeah. players like that's saying something as bad as the secondary's been throughout the year.
2: and that's good and and obviously it helps that you know that uh, Lamar Jackson was on the other side, you're facing Huntley, uh, which I don't know why they decided to throw the ball over 30 times with him on Saturday. That just seems like a, a failed game plan. but uh, you know they, they I think they helped out the, the Browns a lot by doing that because they did have success with the run. Um, uh, you know, Dobbins almost broke a real, uh, you know, a couple long touchdowns there, but you know, they were able to, to catch him, thankfully. Um, but yeah, the, the defense played well, a lot of guys stepped up. Um, and, and that's nice to see because you know, we've heard all the rumblings and everything about the defense and people being unhappy with Joe Woods and the scheme and whatnot. And when you can still show up and put together a defensive effort like they did, uh, that, that's good to know. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think we all expect Joe Woods not to be back. Uh, But, you know, it was nice to see some of these guys come out here this weekend and really play well and really put together uh, an entire team performance on defense. You're muted.
1: My bad. I was coughing and I forgot to unmute. But um, you know, we talked about the secondary. Um, you know how well they played. John Johnson, you know, has been heavily criticized throughout the season. Uh, was the top graded defender on PFF. He leaves the game with a thigh contusion. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can go this week against New Orleans. But he played really well. Denzel Ward, you know, we criticized him on the last episode. Uh, he made a really great interception um and played really well throughout the game. Greg Newsom played well. You know, it's been an interesting transition for him to be in the slot corner because of how Martin Emerson has played well um as a third round rookie. Uh but, you know, Greg Newsom played well and Grant Delpit, you know, it's when Anthony when he's in his role, when he's, you know, a run defender and, you know, he plays in the box like he's I I that's how he is as a safety instead of trying to make him be like a coverage safety. Um, you know, Grant Delput can be a star if he plays that traditional box safety role that he uh, is more suited for. So but I thought their secondary played great across the board. And, you know, the the grades won't show it for the linebackers, but you know, we were wondering what the linebackers were gonna do this week because obviously they lost they lost Walker and Phillips early in the season, and then in the last couple of weeks, they lose J O K and Taki Taki to season ending injuries. And, you know, they're playing with 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th string linebackers. Obviously, Deion Jones hasn't been a great acquisition, but he played well, had a big tackle for a loss. Um, Jordan Konanzic, who's been a special teams ace and a special teams unit that hasn't been really good, he's he stepped up and played well. Reggie Ragland only played a couple snaps. He was an uh, acquisition here in the last couple weeks. But guys are stepping up and playing uh when they're obviously when their numbers being called. So it's all like it's a next man up thing, especially in that linebacker room. But I thought everybody played um pretty good on that defensive side for the most part. Yeah, the run defense definitely needs improved. Um, but guys are stepping up and playing when you didn't expect their numbers to be called so late in the season.
2: Yeah, and not only linebackers, but even like Perry An Winfley uh had a couple of nice plays too. So that was a nice positive to see as well. Um, you know, I thought, you know, after Clowney went out, uh, you know, um are oh, the two other guys, um
1: uh, at Wright. defensive in there. Yeah, right. Um Thomas. Winovich. whatever Thomas didn't play this week, so
2: oh uh, yeah, right and, and Winovich, you know, those guys, you know, they it's tough to to fill that spot, you know, especially, uh, you know, against a team like Baltimore. So, you know, they, they, they played well. Um, And it was just, it was nice to see a whole team effort on defense. I I think that's the biggest thing. Um, So, you know, these guys have had to step up with injuries. Uh, You know, they're, they're certainly playing better uh you know, later on in the season. You know, I, I don't think it's good enough to, you know, save anybody's job or anything on the defensive side. Uh, you know, they're just trying to put together some good game film, hopefully the you know, new defensive staff um, you know, we'll come in here and, and keep some of these guys, and, you know, they don't have to completely overhaul everything, but, you know, we fully expect that uh, you know, defensive tackle linebacker will, will certainly be, you know, addressed this off season. So, uh, you yeah, know, as long as they can get that done, uh, I, I think that uh, there, there's a chance of maybe this thing, you know, completely turning around next season.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny because, you um... Kevin Cole, who used to work at PFF, he got let go recently. Now he has a sub stack where he still posts his analytical, uh, reviews for the week posted this morning on uh, Twitter that, you know, the defense went from 31st in efficiency for weeks, one through 12. And then the last three weeks since Deshaun Watson's come back, they're the second most efficient defense, which is really funny. And we brought this up in our group chat. Um, the defense like by ESPN's, uh, analytics efficiencies they've won from 31st to 17th since like October. So this is the typical second half surge by a Joe Woods defense where they play really good. You know, Anthony, you said you don't think that this is going to perhaps buy this staff another year, but if the numbers are backing it up and we've talked about Kevin Stefanski's loyalty, I'm not saying Joe Woods should uh, get another year, but it will not surprise me if it comes down to Stefanski's decision. If Joe Woods and company is back, I don't want it to happen. I know Browns fans; we will, will flip out if um, the Monday after the season ends against Pittsburgh. If Joe Woods is, if it's not announced that Joe Woods is no longer the defensive coordinator, uh, there's going to be a lot of eyebrows raised amongst you know the Browns media, the Browns uh, social media people. Like it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if they keep playing well, now they've played some bad quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks. Um, there, there could be a case made for Joe Woods to come back, which I know some in our group we will absolutely freak out, but it will shock a lot of Browns fans. You see, what the problem is is this has
2: been a trend now for two seasons. Right, you know, last year they started off really poor, came strong, came well and strong in the second half of the year. Same thing this year; they started out really bad, had a few. Know terrible defensive meltdowns, you know, the Jets game, obviously. Um, and you know, they've played better of late, so you can't go into next season, you know, thinking that same trend is going to be the same thing. So, you know, there's really no evidence to really support against it at the moment. Now, you know, the drafting and free agency could change that, but you know, I don't even think they're going to have a chance to, uh, um, you know even be a, a part of free agency or, or the draft so you know i i don't think there's anything that could happen in the next three weeks to change my mind uh, and probably uh, the minds of 95 percent of the browns fan base and media that joe woods shouldn't be here next year like i don't think there's anything that could happen you know they could pitch three straight shutouts and i don't think it would still change my mind so uh i I, that's where i'm at with the whole situation right now
1: yeah i'm right there with you i think they need to make a change i think they need a new identity on defense i think they need a new voice um especially after uh the defensive backs coach jeff howard said what he said last was it wednesday or thursday to the media about making adjustments against jamar chase like That was Shermer-esque in terms of all-time Browns quotes by uh, a coach, whether it was a head coach or an assistant coach. Like, I couldn't believe he actually said that. Like, the quote was something, but then when you heard it, like the audio or the video, it was like, how can you actually say that? Like, how do you realize that you didn't make adjustments and didn't want to make adjustments or something like that? It was just really, like, really bad quote. And these guys are, like, trained and prepared to say things to the media. And they said something like that. It just was completely mind boggling to me.
2: Yeah, that was, uh, that was a quote for sure. Uh, definitely not a good one. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think our reaction, you know, to it in, in our chat was pretty, you know, summed it up pretty well, That that was, that was something, um, uh, you know, and and you know, and I think it goes to show, you know, some of the players talking about adjustments and stuff. Uh, you know, press conferences and and whatnot. Um, you know, that's where that comes from. So, um, you know, I, I I could pretty much see that whole the whole staff. I don't know, if there's anybody on that the defensive side of football. That that could survive, uh, you know. He, he, obviously, I think a new defensive coordinator would bring in everybody that they wanted anyway. But uh, you know, it's uh, that that quote was pretty pretty damning, and it's, it's unfortunate that it is that way. But uh, you know, I, I think that you know was a f- if there wasn't already, I think that was a final nail uh, for the for the entire defensive staff
1: because we haven't really talked about it. And since the subject's already been brought up, when you think about like a a new defensive coordinator, do you want a somebody that's done it before? Or do you want like a first time defensive coordinator? Like if there's like a hot young assistant on one of the great defenses across the league, would you want to go that route? Or would you want to bring in somebody like a Brian Flores or a Mike Zimmer or somebody that's been a defensive coordinator in the league before? Or would you rather go the first time route? Um,
2: that's a hard question because it's, you know, obviously it's tough to see right now who will be out there. Yeah. Um, I think I would prefer somebody with experience. You know, I, um, you know, I, I, look at this defense and, you know, you, you look at the type of defense that you have to play in the AFC North. Um it would be nice to find somebody that kind of fits that style. Uh, The the interesting thing with Joe Woods, though, is, right, his defenses have played pretty well against AFC North teams, uh, you know, over the last couple seasons. It's it's bizarre, but everybody, you know, against everybody else, it hasn't been great. Uh, So, you know, I I would want somebody uh, with experience. Now, I would be okay if there's somebody – you know, maybe on, like, uh, the 49ers staff, that, that would be, you know, um, you know, maybe one of the hot, you know, the hot uh, up-and-comers. Um, you know, we'll have to start digging into some of these guys and, and who we'd want. Or even somebody like Jim Leonard. You know, I, I know we've talked about that before. You know, I know he hasn't been a defensive coordinator in the NFL, but, you know, he's got a lot of praise for the things he's done at Wisconsin. Maybe that's an option. Uh, I know that seems to be like the hot name right now uh, for everybody.
1: Yeah. I think they could go either way. Like I agree with you. I would look at people on the 49ers staff for sure. Um, even the Ram staff, even though their defense has struggled this year, obviously it's been pretty good the last several years, but when you look at like guys that have done it before, Um, Jim Leonard's definitely on the list. Mike Zimmer, there was the rumor that he was going to Colorado with uh, Deion Sanders, but they hired somebody else to be defensive coordinator. Zimmer might still go and be an assistant, but um, that rumor was uh, put the rest that he was going to be the defensive coordinator there. Uh, Jim Schwartz, who obviously has been defensive coordinator. He's been head coach. um, Brian Flores, like there's a ton of guys that have done it before that are legit options. Um, There's another name to keep in mind, Gerard Mayo, who's on the Patriots staff. He hasn't, he's, I think, called defensive plays there, but he's not the defensive coordinator. And there's a rumor, there's rumors going around that he might leave New England to become a full-time defensive coordinator. So I think that's another name that I would keep in mind, a guy that's played in the league. Uh, Obviously, he comes from the Belichick tree, and I know a lot of people kind of want to stay away from that, just when you look at the success around the league by those guys, but that's another name that I would keep in mind as a potential defensive coordinator option. But uh, yeah, we're definitely going to have to start looking at the potential options once the position becomes free, which I think we all expect here in the coming weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think we all expect it. So we'll, we'll certainly be diving a lot more into it.
1: Most
0: of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our solo acts mini-series now in the VergeCast feed. Anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neigh Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder
1: So let's move over to the offensive side of the ball now. Um, obviously, this was Deshaun Watson's third start. It was his first start in the home, uh, in front of the home crowd at First Energy Stadium. We were kind of all wondering how the reception was going to be. The Browns chose to not introduce the offense; they introduced the defense. Um, but I thought the crowd supported Watson pretty well. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of cheers when you know he made some big time plays. Um, you know, people look at the box score and think that he didn't play well Anthony, but I think people that watch the game could see that, you know, Watson's getting more comfortable in this offense. Um, you know, the offense hasn't been as efficient in the first few weeks, but you could see, you know, the timing and the chemistry with the backs and receivers and everything, like Watson's starting to get more comfortable, his teammates are starting to get comfortable around him. Um, and I think he took another step forward on on uh Saturday against Baltimore. Like, yeah, he got sacked a few times. Um, but I had seen a stat that he didn't get pressured. Uh, a lot of the sacks were on him for when he was scrambling, trying to make plays um, with his, with his legs. But I thought he did really good job. Obviously didn't turn the ball over um, Threw a really nice ball to uh, people's Jones for the touchdown. But overall, I thought Watson played a good game and I think he's, Uh, stacking good performances together now. Um, And I think he's starting to get more comfortable. Um, And I think this offense will continue to evolve here in the next coming weeks. And I think once we get into the offseason and then into the 2023 season, I think we will see the Deshaun Watson of old um, back to the days when he was the Texans quarterback and hopefully get back to that top 10, potentially top five level of QB play because there's definitely glimpses there. You see it. Um, he's just got to get more uh, timing and let this offense continue to grow around him.
2: Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of what the rest of the season is. Cause that's, you know, there's really a very slim chance at the playoffs. So, you know, you just hope that he can build on each performance and so far through these first three games, uh, he's been able to do that. Um, you know, obviously finally getting a passing touchdown, uh, you know, this week was, was nice. Um, you know, it seems like just, just watching, it seems like he's made making decisions uh, a lot better, a lot quicker. Um, he's able to, to read things. There were a couple of times last week uh, against Cincinnati and, and Houston where, you know, there was an open guy w- over the middle. You know, it was hard for him to see. Um, you know, he just might not have seen it, you know, through his progressions, but it seemed like he was more decisive with where he wanted to go. He was more decisive about, uh, breaking out, uh, outside the pocket and, and taking off with his legs. I know a couple times they called, uh, some design runs for him. Um, uh, I, I thought offensively they had, you know, a, a good game plan, even though it was hard for a while to, to get the running game going. Uh, they did just enough to, uh, you know, move the ball, uh, as much as possible. You know, they, they, they did leave some points out there. Uh, but, uh, I just thought overall they they played well. Uh, He has looked a lot better. There will be a a tough test, uh, you know, over these last few weeks for him. Uh, You know, Washington's defense is no joke, obviously Pittsburgh. So, you know, those last two games uh, will be tough uh, defensively uh, for him to face. Uh, So you just hope that, you know, by the end of the year, maybe things are – almost back to normal. And then you go through next year through preseason and, you know, or the offseason workouts, you go through preseason and hopefully he's able to um, hit the ground running uh, when we start uh, uh, next year. So um, that would be ideal. Uh, We'll see if it happens, though.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, that his chemistry with the receivers, I think it just keeps getting better. And better each week. Um, you could see that with the throws to Amari Cooper. It seems like, uh, they were starting to get it down a lot uh, better on Saturday. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones. You know, I thought that they, their timing and their chemistry is on point. Um, the chemistry with Najoku, like they're getting him involved. I think Watson is very comfortable with the tight ends. I thought there was some good balls to Najoku. Love to see him get involved a little more. Um, and then like out all of a sudden like. Anthony, I seen Dalen Baldwin, who's a guy that's been on the practice squad uh, for the last few weeks, gets called up. And then the two times that he's gets targeted, he catches them. And it was like, it's a big physical or big physical receiver from Michigan. And it was funny because I think it, it might have been you during the game go. Is that the best number 17 uh, wide receiver from Michigan the Browns have had, which was obviously funny because it's a, a shot at Braylon Edwards but like Dalen Baldwin off the practice squad and Watson seems to have good timing with him. Like it was pretty good. Like, and even Watson was out there coaching um, Michael Woods who, who made a nice catch for four yards and then they're down by the goal line. And Watson tried to get Woods to cut into the end zone. Cause it could have been a touchdown, but it's good that he's trying to coach and help the young receivers out there and trying to get them the ball. Like he's, he was spreading it out to everybody. So I think like Watson shows is showing his leadership on the field, like trusting the receivers, whether they're on the practice squad or whether they're a seventh round rookie, like he has confidence in them. Like, if I'm going to throw you the football, like I trust you to catch it. I just wanted you to go make a play then.
2: Yeah. It was nice to see, see him do, uh, do well. Um, you know he's he's a you know big receiver like you mentioned. Um, so you know hopefully these last few weeks he can can show something. Maybe he can be here next year. Uh, I don't, don't know how much the wide receiver room is going to change. You know, I don't know. You know it seems like you know Anthony Sports maybe won't be here. Um, you do have Jaqueem Grant coming back. Uh, and I think they're going to use him in a lot of different ways, you know, as long as he's able to come back from injury, okay. Because um, I, I think they could really use that speed. It'd be nice to find, you know, something like, you know, some, a player like him that, that, you know, could work in this offense. Um, I, I think that helped, you know, Watson quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, these receivers uh, have played well it seems like they're building chemistry uh you know people's drums obviously amari cooper you know with watson um, And that's what you could ask for is you know you get as much as you can on film you go into the off season and things they work on they can get together you know work on these things you know figure out the timing i think the, the most impressive ball that was caught this weekend was that sideline one uh, to Amari Cooper. Um, that that ball was uh, on, on a rope uh, uh, right towards the sideline to where only Cooper can catch it. And I think that's the best throw that Watson has made uh, since he's come back. So starting to build some chemistry. Uh, it's nice to have these receivers do that uh, with Watson. And hopefully you can just continue to build on that uh, heading into the offseason here.
1: Yeah, definitely. That sideline throw to Cooper, like that was like vintage Watson. That was like one of those classic classic throws where you just, you see the talent is still there. And, you know, just week after week, it seems like he's getting better. Um, and that's all that, like you said, that's all that matters down the stretch here is to keep building on each performance and keep showing um, that you're comfortable in this offense, that you can execute the offense and that you, he's the same quarterback he was uh, before he had to take his absence for obviously his, uh, his own doing. So be interesting to see how he continues to perform down the stretch Saturday is going to be really interesting uh, because of the early weather reports about the wind and the potential blizzard. Um, how's Watson going to be able to perform in that? He said that he didn't mind the cold Saturday night. Um, he said it was fun, especially in the fourth quarter when it started snowing. So uh, Saturday against New Orleans is gonna be uh interesting to watch, especially uh with sixty mile an hour wins. How much throwing will they even do? Um, that'll be uh quite the uh, entertainment um for sure come uh Saturday.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you know, I think the main goal will be to run the ball. Uh mm-hmm. and they've had challenges doing that these last few weeks, so hopefully the offensive line can, can put together a, a, a nice performance uh, if it's going to be snow and, and be that cold, because I know somebody's who's a lineman from, from here really enjoy that. So maybe that'll give them an extra boost uh, going into Saturday.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, and we'll talk about it obviously later this week when we preview the game, but yeah, I mean, this is the game where the offensive line needs to show glimpses of what they were at the beginning of the season um, the running game got going again this past week. Nick Chubb almost had 100 yards, which would have been the first running back this year to get 100 on the Ravens' defense. But you got to get the running game going because um, I don't think they're going to throw that much with the wind. Um, and they they got to be physical and they got to be aggressive, uh, which gets me to my last point about the game on Saturday. Uh, the kicking game was very uh, sh- struggling on both sides. Uh, Justin Tucker, like you mentioned earlier, Anthony, misses two field goals, but gets blocked by um, Jordan Elliott on the one, misses the other one. But a lot of the uh, the talk after the game was about Kate York, who has struggled um, it, it, in First Energy Stadium this year, uh, just not kicking the ball well, 9 of 15 at home. He um, just has not been – consistent enough like obviously right now he's 22 of 30 so he's missed eight field goals and we talked about it at the beginning of the season uh anthony talking about how rookie kickers tend to you know be hit or miss like mcpherson struggled i think at the beginning of the year last year for the Bengals. uh justin tucker missed his kicks as a rookie phil dawson missed plenty of kicks and if social media was around back in 99 and 2000 uh i don't think phil dawson would have been as long term a kicker for the browns as he he ended up being but Kate has struggled especially from long distance um and there's a lot of people saying well this is why you shouldn't have drafted a kicker in the fourth round and uh, I think Jake Burns brought up some players that were drafted around there that could have helped the browns whether on offense or defense um but yeah Kate has struggled um he's gotten his fair share of criticism criticism for sure uh but this is going to be uh, a big test for him down the stretch uh especially with you know the weather as much of a factor it plays in and Cleveland and wherever he ends up going, uh, especially Pittsburgh last week of the season. But it's going to be interesting to see how the Browns approach this position in the off season. Do they bring in competition? Do they say, Cade, you're our guy. You just need to work on your, on your, your skills and, you know, hone them in, refine them. Any flaws you have, you need to work on them. Or like, what's the future going to hold for Cade York? He's going to be under the microscope going into 2023. Um, If I were the Browns, I would bring in some form of competition. Don't just hand him the job, make him earn it.
2: Yeah, it's uh, an interesting thing because when you go into the season, you know, with every every draft pick that you have, you know, you have certain expectations, uh, I would think, based on the round that you draft them in, right? Like you would say, you know, this first round pick, you know, has to perform a certain way versus, okay, maybe like the sixth round pick, that guy that you draft, um, you know, you hope somebody in the middle rounds can contribute, but you're not expecting them to, you know, be an, an all pro caliber player. Like they also drafted, Perry and Winfrey in the fourth round, along with Cade York. There's no expectation for Perry and Winfrey to go out there and play at like a a Pro Bowl-type level his rookie season. So, you know, he's a rookie, uh, Cade York. Uh, There's certainly a lot of learning experiences uh, that go on with kicking in Cleveland. Um, And I I think that, you know, kicking uh, on, on Saturday you know, in, in that kind of weather, uh, I think he will definitely learn from, you know, this Saturday, same thing, uh, you know, it's going to be a learning experience. So I'm not one that I'm going to just like cast him away because, you know, he's missing field goals as a rookie. Uh, he's picked in the fourth round. Now, you know, if he was drafted, that they would have gone, you know, Oakland Raiders and, and drafted him in the first round that's a different story, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, patience is hard to come by in, in today's NFL. Um, I'm fine with bringing in competition. I, I think he would, you know, beat out anybody that that comes in here. Um, and you know, because he's a fourth round draft pick, he's going to get, you know, as many chances as possible. And I was, uh, listening to, um, uh, uh, the radio earlier, I was listening to 92.3, and they had uh, Jason Lloyd on with uh, Nick Wilson and, and Dustin Fox on the afternoon show. Stefanski's so been a part of this uh, before when he was with Minnesota. Minnesota drafted Daniel Carlson. Uh, he had a couple of bad games, and Mike Zimmer cut him, and he went to uh, at, at that time Oakland and has played well ever since. So, you know, I I think with kickers, you just had to have patience. Um, I think he has, uh, you know, he obviously has a a very big leg. So I think he's made for kicking in that stadium because he's able to, uh, you know, kick the ball through, you know, uh, those those tough wins. Um, And I, I just think, you know, getting all this learning experience and and if he's able to learn from uh, all these different, uh, you know, misses that he's had, you know, especially the ones that in Cleveland, because it's so hard to kick there. You constantly hear people talking about that. As long as he's able to learn from it, I think it'll be fine. You know, uh, I'm more concerned of with the special teams unit and his field goals is, can we, blocked them properly so you know he can hit the trajectory of kicks that he's need to you know of how many they've had blocked or almost had blocked this season that's what I'm more concerned about going into next year versus you know can he can he not uh you know be the kicker for us
1: yeah for sure I think I, I'm not losing all my confidence in him I think you know he's he's had his struggles um obviously he's still confident in himself he wanted to kick a 70 yard field goal at the end of the half against Cincinnati um you know which is funny now because people are you know picking on him for it but yeah he's got to shake it off like he he's in for a tough task on Saturday I don't know how they're gonna uh approach that um we've seen Stefanski be extra aggressive and, and like I posted on Twitter I think Sunday morning he's gonna be ultra aggressive until he finds a kicker he can trust and people said, well, even, even so. Stefanski's always going to be aggressive. It's just in his nature. Um, but yeah, I expect they bring in some kind of competition. Um, Cade probably won't shy away from it. And I feel like he's confident enough that he'll know he can beat him. Uh, he's just got to go out and do the job. But I also think coaching plays a factor in him and his development as well. Um, you know, Mike Prefer has been around. I think this is his, this is his fourth year in Cleveland because he was the special teams coordinator under Freddie. Um, I feel like much like Joe Woods, I feel like there needs to be some kind of, there might be a new time for a new voice in the special teams room. Now I know teams don't change special teams coordinators a lot, but it might be time for, you know, Stefanski to go hire his own person there, maybe make a change uh, on that end as well, as well as defensive coordinator. I don't know if they do it. I feel like defensive coordinator is obviously a much bigger priority but maybe there needs to be a new voice there because like Bjorquez has had ups and downs as a punter. The special teams units had their ups and downs, obviously uh, this year, but it might be time for a new voice. I think uh, last year people expected Prefer to go and he survived, but maybe this time they, they make the change uh, in that department as well.
2: Yeah, you know, it seems like much like the defense, the special teams have improved in the second half of the season, uh you've noticed once they put uh Jerome Ford back there, uh returning kickoffs, he's done you know, it's gone a little bit better. Uh he's actually have found has found some holes and, and has, has had good vision um uh, to, to have a few decent returns. Um you know, I know you know York has, you know, missed a few goals, uh, you know, missed a couple, but um yeah, I don't know what they do. I, I I think they would like to uh, – I don't know. I, I feel like it would be okay to move on. Um, but, you know, they also had signed a guy in the offseason that was expecting to help them out a lot, and he got hurt before he could even play in a game. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if they give give him another year or, you know, you go into next year because if they change defensive coordinators in the middle of the season, I don't think it's as big as a thing as, you know, if you – change like an offensive or defensive guy. Um, But I I think, you know, they're going to sit down here very shortly and and evaluate that along with, uh, you know, all the guys on on special teams uh, to see, you know, what improvements they can make. Um, So we'll see. I don't think he'll be back, but uh, I think this one's more of a toss-up than Joe Woods is.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think Woods is more likely out, but I could totally see Prefer uh, coming back, Um, but I can also see him going too. I just, I wouldn't expect them to make like major changes across the whole staff. I think like it's, they're going to change the defensive side of the ball and then probably keep Prefer in place just because um, like I said, they don't teams really don't change special teams coordinators all that often. Um, remember Tabor survived how many coaches here uh, when he was the special teams coordinator. So I would expect probably prefer does come back, but we'll be on the hot seat for under Stefanski's watch going into 2023 for sure.
2: And I I will say one, like one positive thing is with the, you know, revolving door of players that they've had at the linebacker position. And, you know, a lot of those guys play special teams too. They've done a pretty decent job uh, with kickoff coverage and punt coverage. So it's nice to, you know, those guys have been able to, you know, rotate in and out with all the different injuries and and stuff and still, you know, play decently, uh, you know, covering kicks and and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Konanzik, who's been like primarily a special teams guy and I think is their top graded one on PFF, like him coming in and playing linebacker. Um, I thought he played really well. So on Saturday. um, So, yeah, but you're right. Like guys that have played on special teams and then have had to come in uh, and play in a pinch um, have done really well. So I think that that deserves some credit towards prefer for for having uh, his guys ready for the most part on special teams uh, to come in and do their job. So uh, yeah, you can make a case. He deserves to come back, uh, especially for guys like Kanan's and among others. So Uh, Yeah, we'll see how that one goes here uh, in a few weeks when the season wraps up. How many big changes on the coaches staff do they truly make? Um, Typically, after a Browns win, we post a poll on the Dogland Twitter account, um, having the people decide who should be the mayor of Dogland uh, for the Browns victory that week. Um, Anthony, we put four choices out on Twitter. Uh, We went to Sean Watson, John Johnson III, and Denzel Ward. Typically, we don't put a coach in the poll, but um, one of our Dogland contributors, Caitlin Marshall, suggested Stefanski, and it's been a couple times this season where they um, have made a case for the coach, but we said no, but we made an exception this week. Um, Denzel Ward won the won the vote with 48% of the vote. Um, Deshaun Watson had 31%, John Johnson had 15%, and Stefanski had 6%, which I'm sure... You know, there's still some people that want Stefanski fired, and it still cracks me up that people want change and think change is going to make this team better. But yeah, I mean, uh, we could have a whole episode on that one, but I really don't think that's the right, the right call. But uh, Denzel Ward winning the mayor of Dogland for Week 15. Anthony, do you agree or disagree?
2: Uh, I picked uh John Johnson uh this week you know i definitely can see why denzel was picked you know he had the interception a couple other nice plays as well um you know he had that one at the end that might have been a second interception but he dropped it uh but uh i picked john johnson he i for as much as has gone on you know in that secondary you know this season um you know you, there's been a lot of you know finger pointing at guys and whatnot and i thought Johnston just came out there this week played really well played hard in the run game um he had the the forced fumble where he punched the ball out he had another one um, uh, where he forced an incompletion because he punched the ball out so i i just thought um you know getting that fourth down stop early in the game was huge and, and then the fumble in their own uh, territory was was just huge as well so that, that's why i picked uh johnson this week
1: yeah i uh, i thought john johnson played a really good game it was tough between the players who to vote for um i think i voted for ward i can't remember um but yeah i mean any one of them could have made a case and you know i thought stefanski called a pretty good game for the most part um you know he's been really heavily criticized the last few weeks but um i thought you know the the game plan was solid coming in and i thought it was executed on both sides so he definitely deserves some praise and i as i posted it on the game after the game on saturday is now the winningest coach uh, for the browns since 99 uh, which doesn't say much because we've had some really bad head coaches, but he has now surpassed Romeo Cordell and Butch Davis uh, for wins uh, since the return. And those were the, those are the three longest tenured coaches. So, uh, and you know, Stefanski's done it in less than three seasons when those guys did it in. Uh, I think Romeo was here four years, Butch Davis was here three and a half. So uh Stefanski's doing a pretty good job and the people that want him fired. I just, I don't know what to say to you guys at this point.
2: Yeah, I'm more I'm more with her, right there with you on that one. Yeah, I don't know either.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's still baffling to me. Um, so as we wrap things up, Anthony, is there anything else you want to discuss about the game?
2: Uh, I don't think so. I think we we pretty much hit everything. Um, uh, you know, I know we'll be back later this week. Uh, to you know, talk about the Saints coming to town. Um, uh, so uh, I got nothing else for today.
1: Yeah, same. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back later this week, probably Thursday, but it'll probably be posted on Friday uh, to get you guys ready for Browns versus Saints and what will be the Blizzard Bowl, uh, as the forecast is calling for right now. Uh, So definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, In the meantime, you guys should go. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not subscribed already, go subscribe to Dogs by Nature wherever you get your podcast. Not only check out this podcast, but also the Dogs Table. Um, You can follow us on Twitter. At Jack McCurry08 and Anthony Jokey, as well as The Dogland on Twitter. Um, and until next time, as we get on out of here, as always, go Browns.
0: This episode was supported by Reddit for Business. You want the right attention for your business, but you don't know where to get it. It should be a place where people actually take the time to engage with your ads. Why not try Reddit? They seem to have the whole engagement thing down pat. With over 100,000 communities, Reddit users are some of the most active online. Meet your potential customers where they feel most at home, with 90% of users trusting Reddit to learn about new products and brands. Just go to redditforbusiness.com vox to learn more.